Welcome to episode 22 of the Relationship Marketing Podcast with Cody B. Today's guest is Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith is an award-winning author, keynote speaker, and business growth strategist. Meredith was voted one of the top 15 business growth experts to watch by Currency Fair. With a background in corporate sales and leadership, her career expands over several industries, including banking, healthcare, and finance. Listen in to find out how uncertainty affects your sales and how to capitalize on this fact. And now, Cody B. Hey, everybody. This is Cody Bateman. Welcome to a new feature of our Relationship Marketing Podcast. Uh, very excited, as usual, to put on the show today. We've got uh, a very special guest, but before we get to her, just want to reach out to all of our listeners uh, thank you for your commitment to listen in, and uh, hopefully we're providing some good content for you. Uh, we've got a lot of great feedback on the show. We have uh, incredible guests that have come on week after week, uh, known sales professional, consultants, uh, people from all different industries, relationship marketing experts, uh, authors, speakers. And today we have an incredible, incredible guest, uh, one of those famous author-speaker ladies, and we're really excited. We have Meredith Elliott Powell on with us today. Meredith, how are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Now, for all of you that uh, are going to view this on YouTube, you're seeing that Meredith is in a beautiful cabin setting, it looks like, in North Carolina. Is that right? That's exactly right. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and my uh, backyard, I'm looking at deer and some turkey right now. Oh, wow. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we need to get through this podcast so you can go out and feed the deer. How's that sound? <laughs> They're eating my plants as we speak. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get started. I do want to let our audience know a little bit about who you are, and uh, and then we'll kind of jump right in. There's uh, Meredith has got a lot of really rich content, a lot of really uh, stuff pertinent to today's uh, economy and marketplace. And uh, I want to get to that as quick as we can. Um, she's the author of six books, including Winning in the Trust and Value Economy, a finalist in the USA Best Book Awards. Her latest book is titled Own It. For those of us on uh, YouTube, I've got a copy of Own It right here. And I have not yet read the book, but I'm excited to, to jump into it. So here's a copy of Own It. Where do, where do they get the Own It book? Just on Amazon? or They can find it on Amazon or they can find it on my, my website at valuespeaker.com. Valuespeaker.com or on Amazon. Just look up Meredith on Amazon. Uh, highly recommend that you get your hands on whatever she's doing because there's some really good content that she has. Uh, also, Stories of Power, Freedom, and Purpose, named Top 50 Sales Book for 2018. Um, it's about how to build cultures to inspire ownership at every level to create profits at every turn. Her seventh book, the best sales book ever, is in Send Sales Through the Roof. I'm excited for that. I love the title. <laughs> I guess that's due out uh, next month. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll come out before Outbound. Yes, and also, speaking of Outbound, you'll be a featured speaker at the Outbound Conference, April 23rd through the 26th. Incredible lineup of speakers. I actually just learned that I'm a speaker there. I, just, I know. I'm excited that, that you're out. a speaker yeah. there. That's going to be a great program. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited for that. It's April 23rd through the 26th in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, make sure you reach out. Hopefully, if, if any of our listeners can get to that Outbound Conference, you might want to try to do that. Um, 
Uh, you, your resume goes really long. I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about your accomplishments, but and they're a bunch. Uh, named top 15 business expert to watch. Named top 40 motivational speakers to energize any sales team. Master certified business strategist, executive coach, and keynote speaker. Okay, enough of that. Enough That's of right, that. Enough about Good me. stuff. <laughs> Well, enough about you, but now we're going to get into your head a little bit and let's, let's talk. Let's talk. So you kind of take on, first of all, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, this is I'm, cool. I'm at home in a log cabin. How much, could, how much better could life get? I'll tell Talking you what. to you, life is good. <laughs> like I said in the pre-show, we've got a, for those on YouTube, you can see Meredith's cabin there. I have a cabin setting very similar to that. Uh, in fact, I've conducted many podcasts from my balcony in my cabin, <laughs> very similar to what you're seeing. So it's kind of cool. Let's jump in. Um, there, there's three key words. And I want to jump right into this because the, the words themselves get me interested. It kind of pulls me in and hopefully it pulls our audience in. Thriving in uncertainty. So in today's business world, that's got to get everybody's attention. It certainly gets mine because there is lots of uncertainty in today's business world. And you talk a lot about thriving in that uncertainty. So the floor is yours, Meredith. Talk to us. What, what does that even mean? Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, my passion is sales and business growth. But honestly, since 2008, 2010, we've been on this path of everybody waiting whether the economy's up or it's down or it's up or it's down and you know pretty much i watch the news all the time and that's all everybody's talking about is what the economy is going to do but when you really think about it it isn't about the economy being up or down what we have to embrace is that as salespeople, as business professionals we're living in uncertainty we know there's going to be change but we don't know what that change is going to be or when it's going to happen and it paralyzes most people. I mean, as I talk to most organizations that I work with or places that I'm speaking, they were becoming paralyzed by it. And I just started to look for organizations that were starting to use it as a competitive advantage. And that is the soapbox I am on right now. It is the world we are living in. So if it is paralyzing your competitors, how do you use it as your competitive advantage? So when you talk about uncertainty, is, is the uncertainty in the business world a lot, a lot more today than, say, 10 years ago or 15 years ago? Is, is yeah. the uncertainty bigger? It's, I, think it is, I think it is far bigger. And why? I mean, what, what makes it bigger? Well, because think about it. I mean, you know, I'm old enough that when I was growing up, I mean, the, the competition was the guy down the street and pretty much if you if you if your little world was okay you were going to be okay from a business perspective but now we're living in a time when the majority of things that could impact your business are outside of your control i mean think about it if an election goes one way or another, if gas prices go up, if there's um, if there's a layoff, if 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 Europe doesn't, you know, if England doesn't get Brexit passed, I mean, whatever it is, things can greatly impact your ability to be successful. And customers don't have to do do business with you. Your Uber or your Airbnb could enter the marketplace at any moment, and so there is so much that is uncertain, it can be difficult to strategize to grow your business. 
So tell me a little bit about your client base. I mean, who, who are, who's your primary target audience? Because I know you do some consulting and as well as your speaking and whatnot. So who are you out there consulting? So I am mainly focused on um, financial service providers. So anybody who is insurance, wealth management, banks, credit unions. And then I also do a lot of work in the manufacturing space. Okay, so how does, how does the internet and social media, how has that changed those industries? It has been a huge impact on both of those industries. First of all, for my financial services providers, now they're dealing with competitors that are 100% online. They're dealing in a price war where, um, where they have to get their people to go from being order takers to truly being sales professionals because they're dealing with competitors such as LendingTree, such as Geico, a whole new world. Um, for them. Then you look over at manufacturing and their biggest challenge is finding qualified employees because the manufacturing space used to be a very entry-level position. Now you need people with high-tech training in order to really be able to take those roles. Add to it the third world pressure that they feel on, um, on pricing and things has really, tr- really transformed that business and how and what people need to do to compete. Okay, so the traditional financial institution or insurance institution used to doing things a certain way, uh, old school or whatever you want to call it, internet comes along, social media comes along, all of these new people come along to compete with you in different ways. You get to come into those organizations and teach them to thrive in this new unfamiliar uncertain world so what so tell what i mean how do you how do you consult that person what do you tell them to do yeah the um the first thing that you've got to do is get them comfortable with uncertainty um and that is that embracing the fact of the biggest challenge that i see that organizations have right now is that the fact that they're using strategies that were designed for a different marketplace they were a designed for a time when we could predict change. So the first thing that they've got to do is really accept the fact that everything around them has changed and they need to be open to doing things differently. And that kind of sounds simple, but it's a big leap for people to make because even if what we're doing isn't working, um, we can still be, we can still, it's still comfortable for us to do it the same old way we've always done it. And so that's really the first big step is to get them to understand that their marketplace is very different. And once they embrace the fact that the marketplace is different, it's a matter of putting in the strategies that are going to help them be successful. And there are things like dividing what they can control and what they can't control and focusing on the things that they have control over and making those things better, such as building the reputation in the marketplace, making the customer experience so incredible the customers really feel they can't live without them, taking incredible care of their existing customers, understanding that growth happens inside out. You need to sell to the existing customer base, how to change up the whole sales strategy so you're not selling on price anymore. You're really understanding how to build that connection and truly become a resource and adding value to everything from building contingency plans and contingency strategies for their businesses. 
Well, there's a whole, mu- whole bunch of smart language going on there. That's, that's good stuff. I love it. You're starting, to, uh, you're starting to move into my area of expertise. I have the book, The Power of Human Connection. Yeah. Uh, books uh, specifically about relationship marketing, how relationship marketing is transforming the way people succeed. So a lot of what you just talked about was getting into a mode where your, your service, how you serve your customer has to go to a new level. And you just talked about that. You know, you've got to provide impeccable service and service is a big part of creating relationship. And so what we talk about on this show and in the books and everything else, uh, in fact, I've got a grand summit that I'm hosting uh, coming up in August in Salt Lake city, all about relationship marketing. Nice. Um, So, you you know, you're kind of, you're kind of going into that direction now where you're talking more about creating relationship with the customer base and of course service is a big part of that you already talked about it what other things do you encourage your clients to do in today's world to create better relationship you know um this is i always say it isn't what you do in this economy it's how you do it because there is no product that you sell that your competitors don't sell can't sell or won't sell and and that's a mind shift change for people because we get so hung up on how amazing our product is. But to the average consumer, they believe they can buy it anywhere. They believe they can sit home in their underwear and Google it and buy it. So if you want people to do business with you, it is all about the relationship. It's my favorite thing about this high-tech economy is that we can do, I mean, literally, I could sit in this house and probably do anything I want to do. I could have food delivered here. I could have a party. I could chat with people. I could probably get married and divorced without ever, you know, changing my clothes. And, but at the time when we are so high tech, what, what we're missing from our society is connection, is relationship, is experience. So I caution people that when we talk about customer service, it's not like we've been talking about customer service in the past. This is customer service, customer experience on steroids. You've got to create an experience that is so amazing. I don't believe I can find it anywhere else. And then once I become your customer, you have to proactively add value, radically so, that I don't think I can live without you. I have to see you different than I see anybody else who sells the exact same thing that you do. Because the moment that you're even with your competitors, there's no reason for me to darken your doors. Okay, so you mentioned some of your clients, financial sector, and also, did you say insurance as well? Yeah, I do a lot of insurance. A lot of insurance. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to go into consumer mode now. So yeah. I, I, I buy insurance. My, my wife and I buy insurance. In fact, <laughs> we're dealing with a whole bunch of insurance stuff right now. And it is, uh, today, w- t- today we're in the GEICO world. You know, you hear about Geico all the time and this and that, the other, whatever, and you can call it, get customer support and whatever. We have the traditional insurance agent, and I'm assuming some of those are your clients. So the traditional insurance agent's the one that's supposed to go out and shop the companies for you and take care of you. So what does that insurance agent need to do today? Uh in addition to everything you just said, but what do they need to do today to separate themselves from all of this noise that's coming in so they can feel comfortable in the, what do you call in the uncertainty? Yeah. See, to me, part of being, part of gaining comfort in uncertainty is kind of knowing what to do, you know, sure, knowing absolutely. precisely what to do. And you mentioned a lot of them, but 
but now I'm the, I'm the insurance agent. And it, my experience has been, I don't hear from an insurance agent unless I have a need. And when I have a need, I call the insurance agent and they're typically pretty Johnny on the spot once I contact them. But I might go a year or two years without ever talking to them. They never talk to me. They never reach out to me. Uh, quite honestly, I don't feel overly appreciated by my insurance agent. Um, and when you get into that mode and a new insurance agent comes along and tries to get your business, you have a tendency to listen because you don't feel overly appreciated by, it's not like they even did anything wrong. It's just that they never reached out. It's like, listen, you know, everybody wants to feel appreciated. So talk to us a little bit about that. What, what, what does the insurance agent need to be doing? You know, well, the first thing that, um, you know, I have a, I have a set of steps and they, and they go in order and I'm, I'm going to shrink it to three for, um, for, for time's sake is number one is you said something so powerful and that is that it's white noise. I always tell people that buying anything and let's just say insurance is like shopping at the cereal aisle of the grocery store, right? I mean, there is that aisle with everything any human being could ever think of to possibly do with a cornflake. And to you, all those cornflakes look the same. Well, it's the same for insurance, right? It all looks vanilla. So you've got to pop off the shelf. As a business owner, let's just say it's insurance, you've got to work on building your reputation in the marketplace. You've got to work on getting above the white noise and stand out from the competition. You've got to give me a reason to have heard of you and about you before you ever call on me. You know, right now, before you and I buy anything, if I invited you to Asheville, North Carolina to visit me, and I said, we're going to stay at the Grove Park Inn and we're going to go to Limones to dinner, what's the very first thing that you would do? You Google it. Right. Right? Because you'd want to know what everybody else is saying about the Grove Park Inn and, and Limones. So people verify us before they do business with us. So... You've got to create buzz about yourself in the marketplace. You've got to get people talking about you. Um, and you've got, to, you've got to learn to brag about yourself. If you just won an award, you need to send all your customers a thank you note saying, I could never win that award without customers like you. And, and so that's the first thing. You've got to realize that in your industry, it all looks vanilla to the consumer. So what makes you stand out? The second piece is your expertise, Cody. You got to switch up the whole sales process and you got to focus it 100% on relationship because you got to understand I can buy that product anywhere. The only reason I'm doing business with you is because I like you. And in an uncertain economy, every other insurance um, professional is coming on like a bat out of you know where and they're pushing you to buy that product. So if I differentiate myself by backing up, and I'm going to ask you questions, I'm going to listen, I'm going to focus on what's important to you, that experience is going to feel different. And you're going to be drawn to me simply because I got to know you as a person. But most importantly is this last piece that you're talking about. And that is for anybody listening to this, if you have a customer base, you better radically, proactively be reaching out to ask them what is going on in their lives. Because if you are not taking care of your existing customers, don't even bother making a sales call. Because if I call on Cody to buy insurance, I need to understand Cody may love me, but he is going to ask one of my other customers at the very least, he's going to read my Google reviews. And if there is not positive information in the 
um, atmosphere about me. He's going to move on to the next person. And every single one of us do that. Watch yourself get a hotel and you'll look down. And if there isn't positive reviews, you move on to the next hotel. It's just the way the consumer, you've got to understand the mindset of the consumer today and you are not growing your business, your existing customers are. Yeah, so there's a lot of tools today to help you do that. You know, it's as far as leveraging and embracing um, technology in order to help you reach out to that client base of yours. Of course, there's social media and there's other sources. You know, I have a company called Send Out Cards, which allows you to send out real tangible greeting cards and gifts to people. And we believe wholeheartedly in the tangible touch because there's a whole bunch of intangible stuff going on. I mean, people rely pretty much on email and social media and comments and posts and stuff like that. And we've kind of gotten away from that, the tangible touch, the real card that shows up in the mail that you could touch it, you could feel it, you could smell it, you can open it, you can read it, you can put a picture in it. And that's one way to differentiate yourself, um, you know, from other people. <clears throat> I had a guest on recently, her name's Gail Zintek, <clears throat> and I'll probably watch her little formula she has <laughs> But the concept is it was like 50, 10, 5, 3, 1, flippity flop, whatever that you do throughout the day. Listeners, go back and listen to Gal's Intech so that you can see exactly what that is. 50, 10, 5, 3, 1, 1, whatever. Basically what it is, is it's, it's, uh, it, it's all about reaching out to your client base. And it's, it's usually utilizing social uh, tools like social media, Facebook, Instagram, and tools like send out cards, which is the real tangible card. So basically what she says is you want to go and hit, you want to like at least 50 people in your newsfeed every single day so yeah. that you're, so that you're participating. You want to make at least 10 comments a day, you know, so you're commenting at least 10 times a day. So in other words, you form, you formulate it, formulate it to where you, you have kind of a personal quota every day. I'm going to, I'm going to do 50 likes. I'm going to do at least 10 uh, comments on things. I'm going to have three valuable conversations on the phone with somebody. I'm going to do X amount of text messages and I'm going to send so many cards, one or two or three heartfelt cards every single day. And if you get in the habit of just doing those things, then it helps you to stay top of mind. And that's where I wanted to go to next, staying top of mind. Now you, you mentioned a lot of things to stay top of mind, but let's talk about that. I mean, in, in your, how do you, and with all the, we just mentioned a bunch of stuff to stay top of mind, but, but give me some other ideas about staying top of mind all yeah. the time in your customer base. I've got, um, I've got 16 ways to stay in touch without being annoying nice. um, that, uh, that, I, that I always share with people. And that is, you're absolutely right. I mean, the chances that you're going to interact with somebody at the exact time that they're ready to buy a product or service are probably slim to none, right? So we've got to stay visible with people in a way that isn't annoying. And I think there's all kinds of things that you can, you can do. I mean, I love, I love send out cards because I love the fact that I can take a picture of you and I, you know, send it. I could take a picture of your office building. I could do something. I can really personalize that. So I think those types of things are a great thing. I think using social media, I think inviting people to um, a webinar, sharing a podcast um, that you've heard, sending a link to an article that you think would be um, would be valuable, letting making a 
a connection with them for somebody that you think would be a good connection for somebody um, for them to know. Inviting them to join a group that you're um, that you're a part of. Reaching out for any kind of um, holiday or or um, or or thing like that is is really a great um, a great way to stay visible with people. But I like to use when it stays when it's about visibility. I use a 70-30 rule. 70% is about adding value to you, Cody, and 30% will be about telling you something about me. Well, we're, we're close. We're very close in that. I have a rule in relationship marketing. It's the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Um, but I use the phrase relationship marketing, as, and I say, you know, when you're, when you're establishing a relationship in your business, it's about relationship 80% of the time and marketing 20% of the time. So it's mostly about relationship and partially about marketing, which is a, it's a, that's a huge shift from yesteryear. I mean, yesterday yes. used to be marketing, marketing, marketing. And you know, if I feel like it, maybe I'll be nice to you every once in a while. It's totally shifted the other way now to where the, the majority of what you do is not selling at all. No. The majority of what you do is not going for a close, not trying to, you know, get a commission or whatever it's about creating relationship at least 80 percent of the time so we're on the same page with that okay so i like this question here if our listeners were going to take action <laughs> you talked about a lot of things today i mean you've covered hopefully our listeners take good notes here because you, you've given us some incredible golden nuggets but we want to go down to one thing what is the one piece of advice if, if somebody remembers nothing else on this show, but the one piece of advice from you, what's that going to be? Um, yeah, you know how hard that is for me to go down to one, but I'm going to go down to one. So I am a, um, in my former life, I was a banker. So I am all about return on investment. I like the bottom line to get fat. Um, so the piece of advice I'm going to go for, if it were me, and I were listening to this podcast, I would go with that piece of advice of uh, business grows from the inside out. And I would make a list of my 10 best customers, people that I love working with that are bought into me. And I would call them this afternoon and I would just ask them a bunch of questions. I would say things like, just wanted to call you and thank you for being my customer. Find out what's new in your business for 2019. What are some of the goals? What are some of the challenges? And I would just listen because a couple of things are gonna happen. Number one, you are gonna get, you're gonna keep your competitors away from your customers because you proactively reached out. Number two, you're gonna listen, and I guarantee, at least in half of those, you are gonna find a product or service they need from you. And then the lastly is you're probably gonna find a referral. So if you need to drive the bottom line, you need to call those customers. You need to ask those questions. And here's the crazy thing. The better job you do of taking care of your existing customers, they're going to go out, tell other people how amazing you are. That builds your reputation, opens the door so you can connect, and on the system goes. So speaking of that, my audiences, it, it's, it's pretty common in my audiences. People are looking for referral business. I mean, that's a common goal, at least amongst my group. It's, you know, you go to some groups and the goal is, you know, how do I get better leads? And other yeah. people's goals are, you know, how do I get a better closing rate or whatever? Goals in my audience, and of course, a lot of because we talk about this a lot, is the goal, the ultimate goal is to generate the most referrals. 
and you just mentioned ways in order for people to talk about you and bring other business generate referrals. Um, so referrals are a big deal and I'm assuming referrals are a big deal in all those industries that you, you know, that you go out there and you service. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you just, I mean, I was going to ask the question, but I think you've already answered it is, is all of these different ways is a way to generate referrals. Um, is, re, is a referral a lead or is, what, is a referral different than a lead? I think referral is about the hottest lead you can get. I mean, really, if um, pretty much when I just got one the other day, I had a speaker friend call me and gave me a referral and I'm halfway through the door because he said I was... I was good. I was who you should hire. You know, they've done half the sale for me. Um, I do want to say one thing about referrals though. And that is um, as crazy as it sounds, don't dance around them. If you want them, you need to ask for them. Um, the, uh, I made that mistake in my own business. You know, I think Cody and I are, you know, hanging out, you and I have a good relationship and everything's great. And I just assume you would send me a referral. But people figure that you're busy. They, they, I don't know what, but, but if you want one, you need to, you know, after you've built the relationship, after you've connected, after you've added value to that person, there's no instant gratification in referrals. But if I've done everything that we've talked about, Cody, then I've opened the door to say, I'd love to get a referral from you. But I think we do need to ask for them. I think that's important. That's interesting. You're going to want to read part of my book because I talk about that very thing, right. uh, whether or not you ask for the referral. And when you start reading that, you may say, oh, uh, Cody differs from me on this opinion. <laughs> However, you got to read all the way through it. I think, I think there are times you should ask for a referral for sure. Mm -hmm. but, but I'm known for saying, in fact, I got some funny stories about it, teaching seminars and having people in the audience that challenge me on this. I literally get up and say, don't ask for a referral, deserve it. Mm, I know, I, I agree. You've got to deserve I mean? it first. Now, that doesn't mean you don't ask for one, but, but the most important thing is to deserve the referral. How do you deserve a referral? Well, you treat people right. If you treat people right, you recognize people and you reach out to them and you stay top of mind and you serve them the right way, and you send them a thank you card and you do certain things like that, you're, you're deserving of a referral. And chances are, in fact, what our clients and customers and users are saying is they really don't need to ask for referrals. They just come in because they deserve the referral. So a little bit different twist on that. Another thing I talk about, and I want to get your take on this. I talk about um, asking a customer for a referral versus asking a prospect for a referral. And I talk about the importance of asking a prospect that you have served well, a prospect that you may have gone through the sales process with them and determined because you are a relationship marketing salesperson, determined through the sales process with all the questioning and everything else, determined respectfully that your product or service may not be the best mm -hmm. thing for them at that time. And of course, we counsel you to not go for the close to not go for anything else, but to always be in that place of service. And if you do that, I believe if, if, if you do that and people will feel it. And then at that point, you know, you're done. You gave them the respect. Perfect time now to ask for a referral. So I say all the time to people, look, the people that you go out and try to generate business with, they may, may or may not have a need for your product or service at this time. But I guarantee you, they probably know somebody that does. Yeah. 
So as long as you treat them the right way, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to ask for a referral. Anyway, we could talk all day about that kind of stuff, but it's uh, really, really good. Okay, here's what I like to do. First of all, I'm very excited to hear you live. I've seen some of your YouTube stuff, and uh, you're very dynamic on this on the stage. Uh, you do a great job. You keep the audience entertained, and you have tons of content. I like, you know, it's interesting. Some speakers yeah. are really great at at entertaining and being funny and whatever, but at the end of the speech, you're like, what did I? I mean, that was funny and cool, but what did yeah. I learn? You know, right. And then you got others that are very content rich and but boring as heck, you know. Right. And and you ha you're the hybrid. You're 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 right where you need to be because you got a good mix of entertainment and and being fun with people and being serious when you need to be and and but but also all the way through it creating great content for people. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. And uh, anybody out there that's looking for a good speaker that, that those are the kind of speakers you want. So Meredith is great for that. But here's the deal. End of the show. I always like to end the show by doing this. Uh, this is this is free rain time. This is okay. where I get. This is this is Meredith's soapbox. This is where I give you the floor. Okay. A lot of times in podcasts, what the, the thing I get challenged with in podcasts, what I listen to them sometimes is, you know, there's a whole bunch of questions and a whole bunch of answers. And sometimes I think, hey, the interview, shut up, would you? Just let her talk. So <laughs> this is the time where I need to shut up and just let you talk. So the floor is yours. Uh, give us that five minutes of Meredith knowledge, uh, maybe, maybe part of one of the speeches that you do. Uh, motivate our audience in this close. Go ahead. You know, I'm going to go with um, what I'm going to be speaking about in Outbound, and that is that um, networking is the new, more profitable cold call. And that, because um, really, I believe, passionately believe if you build your network, you will change your life. That anytime you walk into a room, if you look around that room, you are among a room full of people with the skills, the ability, and the connections to help you achieve any goal and get anything you want in your life. And all you've got to do is connect with them. You've just got to network with them. But networking has become this word that sort of sucks the energy right out of the room. You know, it's like, it's like cold calling or 360 reviews or public speaking. I mean, we just do not like to network. And I think that's unfortunate because especially in a world where we cannot be pushy salespeople anymore, the more that you reach out, connect and build your network, the more successful you are going to be. And if you never like to cold call and you're worried about filling your pipeline and building your business, networking is definitely the new, more profitable cold call. If you simply connect with people in a natural servant's heart type of way, you're going to have such a pipeline moving through of people who, whom you have served, people you have helped, and people you have learned a lot about that you've opened the door to connect, to learn more, and to close more business than you've ever dreamed of. The absolute best salespeople are unbelievably connected and well-networked. And so that is my soapbox. I'm just such a passionate believer. When people ask me for one piece of advice, it is build your network. It will change your life. If you reach out and touch people every day, amazing things will happen for you professionally and personally. I love, uh, thank you, by the way. I love part of what you said there, uh, be a natural servant. I, lo I love those words, be a natural servant. 
that's really, really good stuff. So there you have it, my friends, Meredith Elliott Powell, uh, the author of the brand new book, Own It, Redefining Responsibility, Stories of Power, Freedom, and Purpose. You can get this on Amazon or you can go to, what is your website again? Valuespeaker.com. Go to valuespeaker.com and look that up and uh, you can, can grab this book. I'm really excited to dig into that. And uh, the Outbound Conference, April 23 through 26. And you'll be able to hear Meredith speak there and I will be a speaker there as well. My wife and I will be down there. We're looking forward to meeting you. And uh, so thanks everybody. We appreciate all of our listeners and make sure you tune in for another good episode of the Relationship Marketing Podcast. Take care, everybody. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Relationship Marketing Podcast with Cody B, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review so that together we can get this message, The Power of Human Connection, out to the world. You can find Cody's new book, The Power of Human Connection, on Amazon or the Send Out Cards gift store.